Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're going to explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. What's going on, guys? Dr. Andrew Fix, back here for another episode on The Code. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on this episode. Uh, I'm excited. We've got Sohail and Ali from a company called MoveMate based in Canada joining us today. And um, if you've been listening to the show, you may have heard an advertisement or two about MoveMate. I've been using this active standing board that they have um, that they sent me a few weeks ago uh, in the office. I've been having clients try it out and uh, I'm really loving it. So I'm excited to have them hop on here and share with you guys a little bit more details about like what this thing is and, and how we got connected. But just to give you a little bit of an insight, um, how how this came to be. So a lot of us work on the computer, right? So Hale, who's joining us, he had that prototypical like computer-based job. And after spending, you know, hours and hours a day sitting at his desk, he just started to have pain. And this is a story we hear so much in the office. And we'll let him go into a little bit more detail on that, on that. And then Ali sounds like me, where you know, he's just somebody that wants to fidget and wants to move and he just can't sit still. So having something to sort of keep him engaged, keep him active and keep him sort of moving to, you know, kind of keep his engagement, keep his mind going so that he can focus on the things he needs to do. Um, so they're very passionate about this. So you guys, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate uh, your time here this afternoon. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having us. We're excited to be yeah. here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what I would love you guys to do is, so Hale, why don't we start with you? Yeah. If you could just give us a little bit more of a, a background and a more thorough introduction of yourself. And um, and then after you're done, we'll kick that over to Ali to do the same. Yeah, for sure. So um, so yeah, my name is Sohail Sharif. I, uh, Ali and I grew up together in Kenya. That's where we were from originally. We've been together since second grade, you know, running around in the playgrounds, playing sports together. Uh, we were on the same soccer teams. Uh, I like to argue that I was much better than he was, but he'll obviously say a different thing. Um, <laughs> so we both ended up coming to, you know, Toronto for uh, university or Canada for university, just in slightly different areas. Um, we ended up pursuing different things. So my my personal background is, you know, I I, I studied business. I was very much involved in in the world of marketing and sales even when i graduated working at at some startup companies and you know my 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 introduction to this and and we'll kind of go you know my my mind sort of the second half of the story um but basically i ended up breaking my hip playing soccer which i love to do and it was definitely a very much a freak accident and it was through that long you know recovery process that I really began to understand uh, the importance of just movement, um, yeah. especially when I was, you know, at a desk working, like you mentioned, uh, rightfully. Um, I think there's a lot of people that feel the effects of not moving enough. Mm -hmm. And in my case, I would say that that was exaggerated quite intensely. You know, if you feel low back pain or stiffness in your hips, um, because of being sat for a long period of time or being, you know, standing for a long period of time, you feel it. And in my case, it was quite exaggerated. And so that was kind of my journey to, 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 to get in touch with Ali and what he had developed for his thesis project in university, which is this, a version of the product that we have today. And, um, and ultimately I was kind of a patient zero. I, you know, I tried the product. Um, I gave Ali feedback. I just fell in love with the idea of movement and what it was doing for me. Um, and I didn't quite, you know, fully enjoy what I was doing for work at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I told him, you know what, let's, let's get this out there. You know, he comes and I'll let, I'll pass it on to him right now, but he comes from a design background, product development background. I come from the business and marketing background. So it seemed to be a good fit. And, you know, for me, it was uh, very much a matter of solving a personal issue. There was a, a, a real serious pain point, not only physically and mentally, painful in many ways, but also, you know, crucial to my recovery process, to my rehab process. 
So um, I can go on for this. I can go on about this, I should say, for a long time, but I'll pass it on to Ali. Yeah, that um, sounds good. That's Thanks, a, that's man. a bit of an intro. Yeah. Yeah. So my name is Ali and yeah, you know, we both grew up and stuff. And I think ever since I was young, I was always passionate about sports. But even more than that, I was passionate about creating things and tinkering with, with things, especially. Um, I remember just growing up and, and finding these little weird things. And once people probably call that ADHD, but to me, that's full creativity, right? And yeah. um you know, tinkering with things, just trying to make them better, trying to see where things can evolve. Um, so, I mean, I was more passionate about sports just because no one really tells you in Kenya that, you know, you can grow up to be a designer or, you know, be a creative person. Um, so, you know, everyone was sort of like, oh, you know, why don't you go into physiotherapy? Why don't you go into sports medicine? Um, but to be honest, I was never really good at biology. So, and, and I know that's a, that was a big requirement. So I saw this course and it was like, you know, product design, designing products for people, not just for yourself, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what they want, um, messing with things. And I, I knew I didn't want to sit at a desk. Um, I mean, it's inevitable because you always end up at the desk, but yeah, so I, I studied one and a half years in Malaysia, and then I transferred to Canada where I finished up my studies. My thesis, it's, I'm, I'm really proud of it because um, yeah, our, our professors always tell us that this is the only time that you, you actually get to decide what you're going to design. Mm-hmm. You know, if you work for someone, it's, that's never the case. You're going to be designing what they tell you to design. So, and naturally, I think it found its path. And I, I, was, I was looking around and I went to a school that was very heavily focused on creativity and art and design. Um, so I went in there for wanting to play sports, but there was none of that. So I never could get that energy out of me. And, and I knew I needed to design something, not just for me to be better, but for the people around me. So that's, that's where I come from, just trying to improve lives, you know. And I think physical activity is one that's just being lost. Yeah. Man, I can't uh, I can't resonate with that enough. I think we've got a lot in common, and um, you know, I'm really passionate, as you guys know, as a physio, as a physical therapist, about trying to help be a resource and be a guide to help people improve their lives. Like you just said, I mean, pretty much everybody I know that either wants to go into physical therapy school or has gone to physical therapy school, at least in some respects, they do that because. They want to help people, right? And you can help people a lot of different ways is what I usually tell tell people is, you know, we're not the ones ultimately at the end of the day who are getting that person better. We're we're a resource for them. We help them along the way, but we don't do the work, right? So I think, you know, like you were Mm -hmm. saying, I was very passionate and involved in sports and things, but I was also very creative. Uh, I mean, I think with a tool like this that we're going to get into talking about this board is, um, man, I think you're helping people. And I think you are highly involved in the whatever space you want to call it, whether it's these, the medicine space or the, the health and wellness space. I mean, this fits right in that category because it's impacting people's lives from a movement uh, movement standpoint. So. Um, yeah, without without, you know, continuing to uh, go on this tangent too much, I guess I would say, when did the the company of MoveMates start? Like, how did that start, Ali? And like, when did you build the first version of this board? And then once we sort of talk about that background, let's start telling people like what this thing is. And and we can talk about, you know, how how people utilize it throughout their day and and how it's impacting people's uh, people's lives there when they are at the desk working at their computer. A version of this board was created between um was actually created in 2018 um that was my thesis year um you know it it first started off as with a prompt right how how can we change people's lives so that we, we can make them better move more um and just be happier in general just through movement and my initial thought was like uh let's let's go and build playgrounds in all these commercial offices and and that was that was when I realized that um, no, that just gets active people more active. But we're, what we're trying to do is close the gap between inactive and active. 
Um, so that's when I started to look at what has already been done. Um, standing desk. Sorry, I'm just going to go on a little bit of a tangent, but uh, get at it. Um, and and that's when I realized that oh, actually, we need to supplement standing desks to make them more efficient um, and actually get them to be used in the way they're supposed to be used. So that was finished in 2018. Um, there were a few competitions at uh, around that year that that um, that that movement won. Well, at the time, it was called Wazi. Okay. Um, but to be honest, I almost thought it was a fluke. You know, I I didn't really, you know, I'm I'm an active person. I I used it. Um, I really liked it. But I was like, how good can it be? You know what I mean? Like it was just me. It was a couple people telling me. I mean, you know, obviously my professors had won a few competitions, and there were people who wanted to take it to market uh, with me. But I was like, mm, I'm an international student. Um, I really need to find work right now. Like I really need to sustain myself and work and get some stuff done. So I worked for a couple months um, here and there. I was just doing contract. Um, and I think I really needed that because while working in the industry, like all that anxiety I felt of trying to bring this product to market, you know, that maybe I couldn't do it myself. Um, how hard would it be? Is that I realized in the industry that no one really knows what they're doing. Everyone's just winging it. They're trying to they're trying to just put their best foot forward and you know make uh, calculated decisions. Yeah. Um, so it it really while I was working and on contract during this time, this was COVID, and um, mm-hmm. Sol and I reconnected and we you know we were just talking and stuff like that. We were just catching up, and then he asked me about this board, and I showed it to him, and I remember he he stood in it for like. 20 minutes, maybe more, maybe an hour even. And we just, we just stood there talking and, you know, he, he connected really well. Um, so this was about 2020. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'll, I'll actually take the second part of the story because I remember it like it was yesterday, just a little bit of a background here. So in 2018, when Ali was in his competitions and presenting his thesis, that was the year that I broke my hip. Mm-hmm. It was in twenty. It was in twenty eighteen of June or July, I think. Um, and 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 around that time, I you know, long story short, went through surgery and everything, and I was back home in a wheelchair, learning how to become mobile again. You know, doing a little bit of physio here and there. And I remember Ali actually contacting me about this project at that time, saying. You know, there's this cool product. Like I knew about it. I knew he had done a thesis on it. I'd kind of seen it. I thought it was cool, but I didn't think much about it. And then it was really around, um, like Ali was saying, December 2020 was when I stepped on it for the first time. Ali and I, although we live very close to each other, we don't see each other very, we didn't see each other very often at that point. Now we see each other too much, I would argue. (laughs) Um, but, um, you know, I, I remember going to his place and I, you know, this was a, a prototype, a version of this, this product it was quite different from what it is today. Um, but the general functionality was, was very much the same. And I remember saying, Ali, this is that, this is that board. This is that thing that you created that you were telling me about. Like, let me get on this. Let me try it. And so I remember stepping on it. It was probably around 7 PM. It was dark. It was wintry. It was cold. There was a lot of isolation going on around that time. Anyway, those are irrelevant facts, really. But I remember stepping on it. And, you know, at at first I thought, okay, this is going to require balance. You know, this is going to be a bit difficult. Like, let me me brace myself. I just regained my mobility. You know, I was building up strength. Yeah. And then I stood on it and and I was just talking to him. And this is when he began to really explain to me, you know, uh, this is really about trying to close that gap, trying to get the most inactive people a little bit more active, trying to make movement more accessible. And so I began to learn about his thought process while on this thing. And like he was saying, you know, this went on for about 40 minutes, maybe an hour. And I was just moving gradually, very politely, very slowly, talking to him, exchanging ideas, exchanging thoughts. And I recall that when I stepped off, I just had a realization in that moment. And, and I'm like, I feel good. Like, I, I, it feels like I'm a little bit more grounded. I could have been having this whole conversation with you right now, seated. I could have been having this whole conversation with you right now, standing and maybe in awkward, imbalanced postures. 
And th- th- these these issues were top of mind because I got a standing desk. I was trying to move more. You know, I, was, I had a desk job. It was killing me with my rehab. My physiotherapist kept saying, you need to move more. You need to move more. You need to stretch. You need to get up. And I struggled with that. And here I am introduced physically, tangibly to the products that he's telling me can help solve that problem. And so mm-hmm. that was December 2020. And I said, okay, this is cool. I, I, I kind of looked at it as like, you know, I need this. So let me try it out. Let me use it. Let me put it to, to the test. Let me give you some feedback. Let me share some thoughts and ideas. So January rolls around February, March, April. I think it was maybe three or four months that I had this prototype and I was using it regularly at my standing desk. Um, a lot of the times during meetings, even even like doing, you know, typing, writing, reading, just thinking. I was just having fun with it. And I just felt so much better. And 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 it was, this is the job that I was saying that I wasn't like super excited about, you know, so I began to actually spend more time. I found myself spending my lunches researching about, you know, the movement issue mm-hmm. um, and 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 the big how big the problem was and, you know, what was out there. And I just began to get sucked into this vortex of like, what are set? What does sedentary lifestyles mean? What is the actual solution? We can dive into the details of it. Um, and then I remember going back to Ali and I said, let's do this, man. Let's let's take this out. And that's kind of how it started. Now, from that point, just to answer your question after a long rant, um, I guess around, it was around July of 2021 that I quit my job. I naively thought that we would be able to basically replicate this product and get it manufactured. And, and I told Ali, you know what, by December this year, we're going to get it out. But obviously, I was super naive. I didn't really understand what how manufacturing works how complex the product actually is mm-hmm. and you know we ended up spending the next year and a half just refine or year year and year and two months just refining the prototype fixing a bunch of issues getting it ready to be produced and it was august 2022 when we you know launched at a conference here in downtown toronto called canfit pro and um and yeah that's that's kind of the whole story of how it built up and and then when we actually you know brought it out to the market yeah man i i love that and i love kind of your insight there as being like the first the first patient if you will the first person that really got to like test this out you were dealing with your own your own challenges and issues and um, without me even asking you guys i had written this question down you already started to allude to like what is the problem right like what is the problem out there that we're trying to solve through through this process through this organization and um you know you said your physio was telling you you need to get up away from your desk more well man we have that conversation with clients in our office all the time and i don't want to like hold back any emphasis on any of the listeners that are hearing this like when i tell you lack of movement is a huge problem not just in the united states not just in canada but pretty much everywhere where industrialization has happened and people are working on computers and sitting at desks, especially driving in automobiles, lack of movement is a massive problem. And we've all heard the saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. But there's not really anything that that is more true for than the strength and mobility and movement of our body, right? If you don't move your joints, if you don't lengthen and strengthen and challenge your muscles, you will lose access to the motion. You will lose capability of doing the things from a strength standpoint, picking things up, moving things, carrying things that you once remember yourself being able to do. And this is like half the reason why people are in our office is they sit at desks all day long. They live out here in an awesome place, Denver, Colorado. They sit at their desk all day long and then they want to go outside or inside and go do challenging things with their bodies. They want to hike. They want to run, they want to bike, they want to do all these things. But sitting at a desk does nothing to prepare you to be able to go do that active stuff with your body. In fact, it it holds you back from doing that because you're lacking motion, you're lacking strength. And so this board, right, this active standing board through MoveMate, it, it just gives you a way to, like you said, Ali, we still have to do something. Standing desks in and of themselves are not fixing the problem, right? Because then you just stand there all day, you stand still. And I can't tell you how many clients I've talked with who they have desks that are able to be raised up to standing, but they still don't use it, right? Most of the people I talk to are still sitting the vast majority, if not all the time, even though they have a standing desk. 
But when you have something like this board that you can stand on, it doesn't allow you just to stand there and hang on your tissues, right? You lock your knee out or you pop your hip out and you just, you're just hanging there because the board does require a small amount of balance. It's not hard to stand on by any means. It's, it's pretty easy. I've had a lot of clients stand on it. They're not necessarily holding on, on with their hands to things while they're getting on and off. Um, but it just requires you to, to be aware and to, to have a little bit of sense of stability, just enough to cause you to not have to just like hang on your tissues, but not so much balance and, and awareness responsibility that you can't focus on doing things. So I've really been enjoying using it. I've basically been keeping the board right by my desk, uh, like kind of right behind, behind me. So I can just turn around and grab it. And then I'll stand on it, particularly when I'm doing like meetings like this. Um, I was just mentioning to the guys before we hit record on this call that I was hoping to stand on the board while we were recording this podcast, but uh, I wound up being in a different place and I'm at home recording this with the standing desk, but I've been keeping the board in the office so that that's where I spend most of my time. I can use it while I'm working, while I'm documenting notes, while I'm doing things on the computer, and of course, show and talk to clients about it because it is something that I've really been enjoying using. So um, so no, I, I just appreciate you guys sort of pointing out that problem. And then I commend you for like trying to come up with some sort of solution to close that gap between inactivity and, and people that are being active. Cause you know, I believe someone who someone who is is active and wants to be active, they're gonna find a way to do that. But that's not where the big portion of the problem lies. The recommendations for physical activity, at least here in the United States, in this country from the ACSM is 150 minutes a week of high to moderate level activity. Well, I can tell you that that's not happening across the masses, right? The active exercising people are out there exercising, but there's a whole lot more people, a much bigger percentage that are getting nowhere close to that. And, um, I like what you said, Ali, about like, you know, building more parks and playgrounds and stuff isn't isn't going to fix it because I just heard a really bad stat uh, a few weeks ago about how little time people actually spend outdoors, not in their vehicle. And um, it's like less than two hours a week in many cases of time that people are truly spending outdoors in nature, not in their car. So um, so, yeah, I'm with you. People are spending a lot of time at their desks. How can we use some of that to their advantage to get them moving? Yeah, actually, would like to jump in and 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 talk about that recommendation. You know, yeah, let's uh, do it. What was it? What was it? One hundred and fifty, one hundred and fifty minutes? Did you say? Yeah. So the ACSM's recommendation, um, and if you combine that with like the CDC here, um, yeah. one hundred and fifty minutes of moderate intensity activity per week is what's recommended, and two. Yeah kind of strength training to resistance training days. But Got unfortunately, it. I know that that's not being hit by the vast majority yeah. of people. Yeah. No, that's interesting. That's interesting. And I think it's it this this is one of the things that I had to actually learn through this process was because I mean, we've grown up with the idea, right, that physical activity means hitting the gym. It means these short bursts of high medium high intensity activity mm-hmm. that you do and i have that mentality right but i've just come to learn throughout this whole process that yes that is critical but it's also about making movement habitual yes right yeah it's about making it a natural part of your day about flowing through moving your next posture is your best posture right um andrew we had talked about this in in the last call yeah we did um and so getting part one of our biggest goals and i would say even challenges is educating people about this idea that you know it's not about hitting the gym or like you know the one hour or two hours you hit in the gym is not going to compensate for the eight nine hours that you spend sat at your desk and, and you might be hitting that 150 minutes right but yeah. if it's not being done um habitually and regularly throughout the days in the week then that benefit is is counter you know it's counteracted and it's so it's a bit of a misconception i think a lot of people think of it that way i did too for sure mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and that's why, you know, our tagline is make movement a natural part of your workday. And we're just trying to make movement habitual, make it seamless, make it accessible. You know, Ali's favorite word, accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think that was a really, that was a really key word during the process is accessibility. Uh, because those are the, the people who are desk bound, who are chained to a desk for eight hours a day. They're the ones who are being impacted the hardest by not moving, mm-hmm. right? They're, and and I always tell them, it's like moving during the day allows you to be even more active outside of the day, right? Because, you, you know, you're getting all that blood flowing. You're, like you said, you know, you have people sitting eight hours a day and then they go out for one hour and they're really trying to just maximize and go all out. And and I'm sure you've heard the term like weekend warriors, which is oh, yeah. basically what Sohel fell into and his body just wasn't prepared to take on that stress mm-hmm. and which which led to like him breaking his hip. But it's like, yeah, it's just about making small movements. I tell people all the time, it's not about running marathons. It's just about making a small step. I'm like, stretch for five minutes a day. Like if you're not doing anything, stretch for one minute. Like get into a stretch for one minute, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's like you just have to start. And no one really stretches for one minute. You know, if you commit to one minute, most likely you'll do five or ten. So yeah. yeah, I think that's such an important part that you guys bring up. The, you know, the weekend warrior or the person who, you know, time is a limiter for every single person that I know, right? Time's a barrier, time's an obstacle. We all only have 24 hours in the day and we have a lot of responsibilities that we have to do. When you have the opportunity to go out and do something, exercise or recreation, you want to be able to do it to your best ability. And sitting at a desk all day does not help you do that. And, you know, so Hale just said, your next posture is your best posture. And there is no such thing as like the perfect posture. And yes, I'm a doctor, I'm a physical therapist. I'm I'm telling you, if any other provider has told you like this is the perfect posture, that's not the way that our body works because your body is designed and likes to move and likes to change and change joint positions and change angles. And um, the more and more industrialized our world becomes, the less movement is required of us throughout the day. If we're sitting at desks, sitting in cars, like we don't have to work as hard um, just naturally throughout the day. Everything's made to like make our lives quote unquote easier. But unfortunately, that makes it harder to be able to do the things that we really enjoy to do. So yeah, I think that's such a big, really important part of this is that you can't just be stationary all day long, and then expect to be very active and expect your body to be able to just function and perform how you want it to, if you're not putting it in the right scenario in the right, the right positions to be able to do that. I like to use the word expose, like we need to expose our body to different positions throughout the day, not just have it maintain just a couple positions and then expect it to be able to perform in those other body positions if we never, ever touch those ranges of motion. Uh, even to build on that, we we are always hearing people, you know, seeing reviews, hearing, seeing ads of like the most comfortable chair, you know, yeah. the, the most chair, comfortable, right? exactly the yeah. most comfortable anti fatigue mat, and we're just like, oh man, this this is really bad because you're just you're making it more comfortable for people to be sedentary for longer mm-hmm. or to be still for longer, and we're like on the complete opposite spectrum. <laughs> um, and, and yeah our biggest issue actually is educating people you yeah, know you gotta sure. move and and it's you know our our main audience or main customer base is you know 35 plus because they they've understood right it's already clicked that oh man i spent the last 15 years seated at a desk and now i'm starting to feel it um whereas when we talk to the you know, the, the 25 to 30 year olds, they're just like, get out of here. You know, I'm, I'll be fine. Like I'm sitting, I'm okay. I'll be fine. So, you know, we, we spent a lot of time educating and, and trying to, trying to kind of get the younger people because it's, it's about longevity. It's not about now and the intensity now it's about aging gracefully, Mm -hmm. future-proofing the body. What's up, guys? Dr. Andrew Fix here from The Code, and I want to encourage you to check out our friends at Flux Footwear, the only shoe with an adaptive sole that moves and flexes with you. 
Since I got my first pair, they've been one of my favorite shoes to wear no matter what activity I'm doing throughout the day. If you're looking for a shoe that can keep up, whether you're going to the gym, to the office, traveling, or just catching a coffee date, you're looking for Flux. Visit the link in the show notes or check out my Instagram to get 10% off and pick up your pair today. As I mentioned, I was uh, hoping and planning to be on the board while while recording this, but I know Sohail is. And of course, we're going to have, you know, things in the show notes. Of course, you guys listening to this could go click on the website and and get an idea and a demonstration of what this board is. But for those of you that might be listening to this podcast and might be driving or something where you can't go do that right now, or at least I would recommend you don't go search for it right now if you're driving. I would love one of you guys to just, you know, kind of explain what this thing looks like, what this thing feels like, sort of how does it work? Um, And I would love you to do that rather than me. So, so. When we're talking about this movement active standing board, like what exactly are we talking about? Ali, do you want me to take this one? I yeah, I'll, you can definitely take this. It's a tough one because it's a we, tough one. It's a we tough always one. Me... have this, and we have to like <laughs> pull up a visual because it's so different from anything. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There, but, but go yeah. for it. All right, and then Ali, you can fill in the gaps. So sounds good. As the inventor, you can fill in the gaps. As a guy who did not invent it, I'm just going to explain it. This is a test for you. This is the test. Um, <laughs> okay, so so basically what people are most familiar with, I guess I'll start there, is a balance board, mm-hmm. right? Uh, a flat top surface with a curved bottom, you know, with a single point of contact, typically in the middle of the, the board on the, on, on the underside that makes contact with the ground. Um, there's different shapes, right? You have uh, rectangular ones, you have more squarish ones, you have circular round ones, but ultimately the concept is the same. The, the top surface is a single top, it's flat, and then there's a one balancing point at the bottom. And typically with balance boards, the idea is that you step on with both your feet usually, although obviously you could use it in different ways, and you're trying to maintain balance against this one single point. Mm-hmm. But what movement movement is is it's fourteen individual slats that so instead of one flat surface, it's fourteen surfaces that are put together um, and combined with this internal mechanism that has a dynamic fulcrum, meaning that it doesn't have a single point of contact against the ground in the middle. It has a flexible point of contact, um, and so what this allows you to do is as a user, you step on on both feet like a balance board, but it's lower to the ground than a regular balance board. It allows you to actually move your feet independently so it engages the ankle more. So if you imagine, if you're listening to this in a car and you're pushing down the gas pedal, you know, you're able to flex forward, you're able to to flex upwards, you're able to go side to side. And so each foot can move independently. However, I think the genius of it, and and when you see it, you can understand this, is that there's a reactive mechanism built in. Mm-hmm. And so every action on one foot has an equal opposite reaction to the on the other foot. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it gets you into a, um, a flowing pattern of movement. Uh, and this is really helpful, especially when you are using it, um, you know, without paying too much attention on it. You know, you're using it passively on a call every move you make will put you into a different position and then that sort of prompts another position and you get into one move to the next and the other part of it that that makes it very different of course is that it's very much in your control so not Mm -hmm. only is it dynamic and it's got all these different moves you can do and and you can make your own moves we have a library of different moves but it's actually very much in your control. And so at any point, you know, we have people who are as young as like 18, 19, they use it to like people in their 80s, uh, believe it or not, right? And they use it a lot of the times without support because it's just so low to the ground, it's easy, it's safe, mm-hmm. um, it's very accessible. So Ali, I hope that I've done good justice to that explanation <laughs> if you want to wanna add anything else. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. I mean, it's it's honestly such a tough one. It's like yeah. you think of a regular balance board, but now it's got this flex that, you know, each foot moves in an opposite but reactive um, direction. But if I was to give some people some cues, it's, uh, let's say, like an elliptical mixed in with a 
snowboard mixed in with like a ripstick, but yeah. all in one spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in just what you just did there, Ali, for anyone um, with his hands kind of like flexing one back and forth relative to the other one. Um, that's probably my favorite feature of of this board. And to me, one of the biggest distinguishing factors from anything else that I've ever seen. Um, because like you two just described, it's easy to stand up and get onto the board. I typically, like I have it right at my desk, I'll stand on it with one foot, I'll put the other foot on, I'll rock to a nice middle balance point, which is very easy to do. Like you obviously can hold on to your desk, but you don't need to in most instances. Um, like you said, I'm not surprised to hear that there's 70 and 80 year olds using this because I've used it. It's really not that hard to stand on. And I've had clients that are close to that age step on it and they're able to do it just fine. But it can obviously rock forward and back. It can rock from side to side. You could kind of rock it in like a circular fashion. It flexes back and forth. And like I said, that's probably my favorite feature about it. And then when you have those 14 different slats that are kind of held together dynamically, it allows your foot to be able to feel and move in many different ways. It's not just like you're rocking back and forth on one solid platform. It It's moving at a different pace, like depending on how fast and how firmly you're moving your feet, that's the pace at which these pieces are going to flex and twist. And then one of the things Sohail and I talked about last time is, you know, these wooden pieces that are put together are very smooth and sanded, and they are very comfortable to stand on. You could use this with shoes. You could use it with socks. You could use it with bare feet, and it's still going to be comfortable for your foot because of how it is contoured and designed and um, and how close those slats are together. It's not like there's gaps, really. Um, where you're going to like feel pressure points on your foot. So I've used it in all of those instances. Um, typically during the day, um, I have shoes on, but if I'm on like a long meeting or something, I'll kick my shoes off and I'll stand on that thing without them. And then um, sometimes if I'm getting bored, I'll decide to just like do a little 360 and I'll spin around. And the, the board is like smooth enough on the bottom that like you can spin, you can move, you can kind of shift side to side and kind of like walk. And uh, like Sohail said, they have like a library of different movements and demonstrations of of how to use this on their website that we'll make sure to put in the show notes. But yeah, I just love it. And I've used a couple different things and I've stood on a lot of things. Uh, I never really got into, you know, snowboarding and stuff, but I used to, I used to think I was a skateboarder when I was younger and um, fell a lot of times, <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, this thing is, it's unique. It's fun. It's easy to use. And uh really checks that box for me on like, you know, I'm someone who would just tap my foot all the time, or I just need to be doing something with my hands. And it just keeps, keeps you active, keeps your mind going. And uh, it's been fun to use. Well, I got it. I guess I've got a question for you guys. As we, as we sort of get going, I would, you had mentioned that your kind of like uh, primary customer tends to be 35 years old or older. And it, and it makes sense to me that, you know, those are the people who, if they do have computer-based jobs, they've been sitting there for a while and now their body's starting to feel the effects of it. But, um, you know, I guess what, what are you finding is like, hmm, what's the word that I want to use? Like the primary driver or the primary like motivator to like, why people are using it is it the pain or like as you guys are getting reviews and as you're getting questions what are you finding is like the primary motivator or driver to why people are seeking something like this out in the first place definitely you know the folks who have a physical pain discomfort um and experience that on a regular basis um are most drawn to to this at first, um, and are most likely to be the ones that actually, you know, purchase one and adopt it into their lives. Um, you know, so that pain point being there, like people with low back pain is, is a huge one. Mm -hmm. Um, and even in our reviews, um, on a very regular basis, people with low back pain, even with neck pain, with ankle pain, foot pain, um, those tend to be the ones that, that end up buying it most of the time that are most excited about it that find the most benefit and go to the extent of writing us a review and contacting us about it um and 
I think the beauty there is that, you know, they become aware that movement is the solution and changing up your postures does make a huge impact because mm-hmm. typically, and I'll speak from my experience um, as well, is I, I did notice that when I was recovering from my hip injury, that even getting, even breaking apart, you know, every 60 minutes and moving for five minutes, even though it was very much a tedious, conscious type of activity that I had to get away from my desk and do something. Um, I, f- I found that it would help me. And, and also when I would go to my physiotherapist uh, to, uh, you know, go in for my routine checkups and exercises, they would drill that, that concept of you need to move more, you need to stretch, your next posture is best posture like we've talked about. So that's majority. Um, and then I would say, you know, people who uh, want to be more productive, mm-hmm. uh, uh, focus better. They find that, I mean, you might have felt this as well, Andrew, but, you know, when you sit at some point, you begin, your brain begins to like slow down, especially in the afternoon, especially once you've had lunch, the afternoon slump as we know it. And so, you know, folks who want to feel more energized, feel more focused, be more productive, uh, not necessarily the extremes of biohacking and, and that, that lot, but uh, just in general, you know, people that, that are fidgety. Um, folks with, um, you know, like ADD, for example, um, people who want to just be more proactive, uh, be more, uh, be more focused, uh, they're also drawn. And, and I think we were both a bit surprised by the amount of people drawn for that reason, because we've always focused very much on the physical improvement and the physical benefit side of things. Yeah. Um, but I would say those are the two main, main ones. Even building on that is that this is, like as we as we've been doing this you know we first started oh just standing desk but we're just scratching the surface like if you think about the nervous system and proprioception and just the connection between the brain and the feet um like we just got this today someone shared this on their story but i'm just going to read this out it says yeah absolutely over the last over the past seven years of retraining my nervous system not once but twice i've attempted to go the route of physical therapy and other more formal methods. I was mainly met with stares uh, of terror as most of the therapists didn't know how to approach rehabbing from a baseline of paralysis and with the, with the inclusion of spasms when my body got fatigued. Instead, I've invested in some pieces that feel like play while I'm moving. Movemate is at the top of the list. It's so gentle. Um, so it's it's just a big gap that's been in the market that um, you know we've all been we've all been using gym equipment as like the base standard, but now we have something that can actually meet the needs of people who may be challenged with that connection between their brain and balance and their feet. Yeah, yeah, and that's so important. I mean, I think, and this is not the norm, unfortunately. What I'm about to say, like. In our office, where where I have the board and in the gym that I'm uh, fortunate enough to be inside of each day, that what you just mentioned, Ali, is like one of the biggest focus points is getting people mm-hmm. integrated from their foot and the ground up through the rest of your body and like connecting the nervous system and connecting that proprioceptive input, the sensory integration. We get people out of their shoes a lot. And if they are wearing shoes, we try really hard to have them in a minimalist, flexible type of footwear so that they can feel and function with their feet. I've talked a lot about this on different episodes of this podcast, how like the traditional shoe company out there, we're we're wearing essentially like foam casts on our feet, right? We have this thick piece of foam underneath our foot, that in many cases is not what we call zero drop. That heel is thick compared to the front of the foot. Your foot's at a downward slope or like uh, Sohail mentioned, like imagine pushing on the gas pedal, the toes of the foot being lower than where the heel is. And that starts to change the structure and the shape of our foot and our ankle, the length in our Achilles tendon and our calf. And then when we have all that foam underneath our foot, the sensory receptors in the nerves on the plantar surface, the bottom of our foot cannot feel and respond to the environment that, that we're in. They can't feel the difference really between walking on grass, walking on concrete, walking on carpet. All you feel is the foam of the shoe, right? But obviously any of us can picture if we're walking around barefoot, 
we can feel the difference between all of those things pretty, pretty dramatically. And that's exactly what we're supposed to be able to do. And rebuilding and reintegrating that nervous system is definitely not an easy thing to do. But like what you're talking about, that review is awesome to to hear you read that off. And I think, you know, I've had this conversation with um, with my wife, too, because we have a uh, a child on the way and I'm very particular about the feet and the body position and stuff like we were just talking about. And we are not planning to put shoes on that young man for quite a while so that his feet can do the things that they're supposed <laughs> to be able to do. And um, if any of you have watched like an infant or, you know, infant or toddler try to walk, particularly when they're like really starting to get the hang of it and they're walking around the house barefoot, as soon as you put shoes on them, they usually start stomping around. They usually start tripping and falling because the reason they're stomping is because they're struggling to get that sensory input from the ground. They had it and then we put a shoe on and now they don't feel it anymore. So they're trying to get it. Well, the same thing happens with adults. When we have shoes on that uh, that have thick foam on the bottle, we end up taking harder, stronger steps and we're slamming our foot into the ground because we're trying to get the feedback from the floor, from the ground. So it's just so interesting to hear hear that review come through because um, it's just so true. And if we can integrate the the hands and the feet into our environment and get that small amount of proprioceptive input and movement in, uh, man, it can make a huge, huge difference. Yeah, and 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 also just to build on that, like I I know that through my recovery process, the the concept of working from the ground up, mm-hmm. you know, training the feet. Um, and the impact through the kinetic chain up through the knees and the hips was just not talked about enough. Like, I don't even know if it was ever talked about. Um, and and it's actually through this journey that, that I've come to learn the importance of building strength and capabilities in the foot and, and how that reverberates up the chain. And mm-hmm. what that means for how your even your low back feels, even your neck feels like it's and and just on this point as well, it's it's also why you know if you go onto our website, if you go onto our social media, more and more now than ever before, we are really emphasizing the importance of barefoot uh, usage on the board, and even using it with socks instead of with shoes, because what makes actually movement quite unique a lot aside from all the other things that we've talked about is the fact that it moves with the individual slats that can roll up against your feet and so it it then begins to open up this new dynamic of sensory input like ali was talking about mm-hmm. um and and it's along the lines of the world of the barefoot movement right the idea of exposing your feet to natural, uh, your natural surroundings. I mean, Ali and I, both from Kenya, uh, we could tell you that a lot of people in Kenya walk around barefoot, and it's a very normal thing. I mean, you don't see it as much in the cities. You know, you'll see it more in the outskirts, but uh, but even in homes, like in and around the community, you'll see more, many more people walking around barefoot, and 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 they're strong. You know. <laughs> Um, and so it's 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 a very interesting point you you bring up here about um, building those capabilities in the foot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Ali, you mentioned um, you know having activity that feels a little bit more like play, and I think that's a big part to bring up too. Because back to like the the infants and kids side of things, like when we watch a child or a group of children play, they're moving typically in all different ways they're running they're jumping they're on the ground they're up they're kneeling they're twisting like they're moving all over the place compared to traditionally what a lot of adults do once we you know once we start getting into the workforce working at desks and then we sit and we move in very like standard positions we turn we stand up we sit down we reach well then we go to the gym and we do like pre pre programmed like oh i'm going to push my dumbbell up like this i'm going to do squats in this in this way or fashion and we stop moving in all the different ways that our body is capable of moving and um and that's part of the reason why like our nervous system and our our tissues get get um negatively impacted in the first place is like we stop 
playing. We stop doing all of this natural. I like what you said, make movement a natural part of your work day because we just need to get back to doing the things that our body was capable of doing when we were little. And if we can start to reintegrate those kind of movement patterns from the ground up, people become stronger, people become more limber, they become more active because now doing things doesn't hurt. It feels good again. And um, and that has just a huge benefit. Like it's hard to quantify, but the amount of benefit that would also have on like reducing people's stress levels, improving their, how they feel from an emotional and mental standpoint, it, it could just be huge. Yeah. And I'd say, as you said, play is a massive point. And I think another reason why it's so big of a point is because play and flow play is basically flow right where mm-hmm. something is not so challenging um that that you don't want to do it and it's not too easy that you lose interest right flow is that state in between where you can just do it you know keep doing it have fun um so that's that's why it's so interesting to the workday like a big chunk of the reviews like instantly is like i can stand for longer like it's mm. just it's way more comfortable to be on the board than to be off the board yeah because you know you're getting blood stimulated you're flowing you're moving um and yep. it's fun yeah i'm with you and i i would echo that as well like i feel the same way it's way more comfortable to me when i'm standing at the desk which is my preferred preferred way to be uh when i'm on the board than when i'm not and that was probably the biggest point that i remember Um, So Hale said to me when we talked first, he was like, oh, interesting way that you describe this. Because when I was telling him about one of the main reasons that I tried to advocate for clients and for people having a standing desk in the first place is not just to get them out of the seated position. It's to get them standing because when we are standing, like you guys have seen me kind of doing throughout this podcast, is standing compared to sitting lends itself to more natural movement. You are more likely to shift your weight, to stagger your feet, to just naturally kind of move around when you're standing than when you're when we're sitting. I mean, how often are you really without thinking about it naturally just moving around while you're sitting unless you're on like I don't know, like a stability ball or like if you're on some sort of unstable surface, which to me that's not that's not as practical either. So, yeah, being standing already gives you hopefully a better opportunity to move around but having something like this board just makes that like like a no-brainer like you don't have to think about it it makes it easy it makes it natural and yeah you benefit from that on the mental side too so so no i love that ali i think it's totally right yeah it's interesting there's actually a lot of studies done on on this point of even the the mental impact right Mm -hmm. so there's the physical implication, which is the fact of your muscles being activated, your joints being mobilized, uh, right? And and so that that part is much easier to comprehend. The part that I was actually even more intrigued by when I was doing this research initially was the physiological and the mental implications of just moving a bit more and playing and 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 not even intensely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe there's. There's a study, and and I could share the resource these resources, but there's a study that that I remember reading um, around, you know, how powerful breaking apart long periods of sedentary or inactivity with light intensity bouts of five minutes or ten minutes of movement, and they they did do, you know, they they tracked glucose levels, they tracked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just overall cardiometabolic health. Uh, they tracked, um, there's other studies that have tracked the impacts on people's happiness. Obviously, you know, the 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 metrics of, of energy and joy and happiness, those are obviously subjective, you know, but um, but there's a lot of reporting there on the physiological side, the huge impact that, you know, positive impact on your glucose levels you know, for example, of just moving for five minutes, light intensity every hour. Absolutely. Like it's, it's, it's actually life-changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and, and then just on that point to wrap up on this men- mental health and the mental benefit side is we've become more exposed to the idea of somatic therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the sensory stimulation, again, 
in the realm and along the lines of mind-body connection yeah. and what that movement and that sensation and that uh, controlled mindful motions can do for your state of mind. Um, just even on, on a more tangible note, you know, if there's more blood flowing through your body, you know, then you have more oxygen being pumped around your body and you have more oxygen hitting your brain. And just on that note alone, it makes sense intuitively yeah. that you would feel better and more energized. But yeah, it's interesting. There's just a, a ton of ton of research out there about, you know, the physical, physiological and mental benefits of just moving regularly. Yeah, totally. And and if that doesn't make sense to anybody, which I think it will to the people that are listening to this to this episode, um, there's also studies out there that show the cardio metabolic benefits of even somebody just if they are sitting down, just like tapping their foot throughout the day. Those people have lower blood glucose levels than people that do not get even that tiny small amount of movement. And you know, a lot of that has to do with the blood flow, right? You're using the calf, you're using the muscles in the calf to facilitate a more, more robust blood flow effect, though small throughout the body. And I know I'm not alone when I say this, there's probably not times when, um, when I'm having like my most creative, most thought provoking times than when I am doing some, some just like light physical activity, like going Absolutely. for a walk or whatever. And from a blood flow standpoint and, and a, you know, calorie standpoint, it's got to not be that different to like stand on this board and gently lightly move compared to just going for a nice casual little walk. And that's usually the time where people say, oh, something came to me. I had this great idea. It's when I'm doing like this light physical activity. And I know so many people have that same experience. Absolutely. Cool. Well, why don't we do this, guys, as we start the process of of winding this down, of course, we're going to put stuff in the show notes for everybody that listened. But I have a feeling if you're like me, as soon as I, you know, talked to Sohail, I said, wow, how can I get my my hands and feet on one of these boards? So if somebody is uh, listening to this and they're starting to get excited about checking it out for themselves, what's the best way for somebody to go find you guys, uh, whether it's on social media or or the website, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you guys? Yeah, so definitely our website, letsmovemate.com, L-E-T-S-M-O-V-E-M-A-T-E.com. And then our Instagram is the same handle, at letsmovemate. Uh, so, you know, th there's a lot of resources on both of those platforms. Unfortunately, we couldn't get movemate.com. So if anyone's hearing <laughs> this and owns that domain, please contact <laughs> us. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, that would be the best place. And, you know, we're pretty accessible. Like we're, we're a small business. It's, it's Ali and I, we're doing everything. So, you know, if you ever wanted to contact us, there's, there's a contact form. We're pretty quick with responding. And, and Andrew, thank you just so much for having us on this call. You know, I should probably say thank you. <laughs> um, you know, it's, 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 I, what I will say is that this is our first ever public exposure with Ali and I, both of us actually telling our story. So that's, that's a fact. We've never publicly shared our story in a format near this. It's always been in private um, interactions and, and it's been a pleasure to be able to do it here with you. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, not a lot of people know the movement story, but um, I think I'm, we're just happy to have people exposed to us because I think at the end of the day, it, it is a tool to help people feel and live better. So thank you so much for giving us that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you guys being on here. And I think everybody listening to this show already knows this. Of course, my clients, our clients at Physio Room already know this. Like myself and none of the providers on our team, like I would not be out there recommending something like you guys, like you listening to this heard me do on the show that I don't actually believe in myself, right? I'm not out there, like that is why, right? Coca-Cola or any other, like something that we know is probably not very healthy for us. Like that's not anything that you hear advertised on this show. We're not gonna recommend something that we don't believe in that we've actually not used and tested out ourselves. So when I met these guys, the first thing that I did was say, wow, I really like it. I've never tried it. I need to try it for myself because then I can really speak to it. We need to figure out how to get more people's uh, eyes and ears on this thing. So no, I love it. I think the product's great. I think um, you guys are just 
you had mentioned just scratching the surface in terms of like the impact that we can have on people. And like, maybe this isn't the, the only product that you guys end up making if with uh, Ali being such a creative inventor, but I think we're just scratching the surface on getting this out to people as well, because I feel pretty confident that the more people find out about this, the more and more sales I know you guys are going to get. And any of you that are listening to this, if you are in the business of, or in the practice of trying to support small businesses, these two guys are the ones that are producing and manufacturing and shipping the uh, the boxes with the standing board in it. So if you want to support a small business, here's another opportunity for you to, uh, to direct where your dollars are going. And um, I can't think of a better idea to uh, to get for yourself or someone else who you know is spending time working at a computer all the time just as a piece that could uh, enrich their day and enrich their life. So again, I really appreciate you guys joining me for this episode. All of you guys that tuned in to listen to this episode of The Code, I appreciate you joining us. And if you've not done so already, you may know that we have a goal of trying to get this podcast up to 200 five-star reviews so that we can get the podcast out to more people as well. So please go hop on the bottom of whatever platform you listened and go drop that on there. But other than that, we'll catch you guys on another episode of The Code. Thanks, guys. 